y'all. Welcome back to the God Center Mom podcast. I'm your host, Heather McFadden, and this is the place where we remind you through mentorship, friendship, and discipleship that you don't mom alone. I'm back with some new interviews, starting off with co-creator and CEO of She Reads Truth, Rachel Myers. I've recently gotten the question from my 11-year-old and from my 8-year-old, like, how do we know? How do we know it's true? Like, what are we, like, staking our lives on here? You know, I base my understanding of God on my experience with Him, which is a mistake, because God you know, stretches back. Like his story is so far back before I ever existed that for me to understand him based on the 36 years that I've experienced him, he, he's so much bigger than that. And so one of the important reasons that we read the Bible is to understand the, the, the broader story of who God is and how I fit into that, not how he fits into me. And so when I explain that to my kids, I'm explaining that, listen, we understand when we believe who God is based on the evidence of his hand in my own life, but I also believe who God is based on the evidence through history, through antiquity of his faithfulness. I don't know about you, but I've had some great experiences in my life and some really hard ones. And if I took those and as a measure of who God is, I think my interpretation of him would be pretty twisted. So here as the God-Centered Mom community, my main goal as we head into this fall and all the things that are going to come our way this school year, I want us to be grounded in truth. And one amazing resource that I wanted to make you aware of is the She Reads Truth, He Reads Truth, Kids Read Truth communities. Because even if we don't reach our goal, we might as well set some good ones as we head into a school year for our families to be in God's Word every day. Speaking of good goals for a school year, I don't know about you, but this is my first fall to have all four boys leave in the morning for school and all four boys to have homework. And I'm a little nervous. I'm a little excited. But one goal I have is I love when they come home from school to have a snack ready and for me to be able to help them with homework and for me to be focused on that and not be worried about dinner, but to still have dinner together. Anybody else? My go-to solution this school year is to use my favorite meal planning system, Prep Dish. They're this month's sponsor, and they're amazing. So they every Friday they send me a PDF, and it has a grocery list for the meals for that week, a way to prep them all in the afternoon, like it lists off instructions, and then the night of it has all the cooking instructions and assembly instructions, so it's real quick for me to put a meal together for our family and not have to spend a lot of time when we are busy with homework and all the sports and all the things. This week, we're going to have chimichurra scallops and flank steak, and we're going to have Cajun turkey burgers. I'm going to make a purple haze smoothie that I'm super excited about. There's even a dessert option. It's so great. You should try it out because they're offering you, as a listener, two weeks free. You go to prepdish.com forward slash GCM. And if you use the code, all caps GCM, you will get your two weeks free. You might as well try it and start off the school year with a bang. I mean, be the super mom this school year. All right, let's get to my conversation with Rachel and stick around for the middle. I'm going to tell you about Don't Mom Alone live event tickets that y'all have been waiting for. All right, here we go. Hey, Rachel. What's up? Hey. <laughs> Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. This has been like on my list of podcasts I've wanted to be on. So oh, you're so sweet. Fun win for me. I'm so excited. Well, you all have been on my list for a very long, long time, especially since I've used She Reads Truth Studies. In the last last summer, I did the Roman study with a group of gals. Oh, and yes. it's so beautiful. 
everything's so beautiful that y'all do. And then I did the Matthew study. And because y'all had gone exactly where I'd gone in Israel, it was like yes. reliving my trip. With- yes. Cause that book had like photos from yes. our time in Israel. So fun. Yeah. The exact places I went. And so yeah. it's, I, it's like you, <laughs> you did the work for me. <laughs> my scrapbook is done. We're going to lay all the scriptures alongside the pictures and we're just going to lean right in. They need to give that to everyone that goes on future trips so they so can true. just that read it alongside. Yeah. So here we are. And I, you know, I know you've been writing online for a long time. When did you start? I think I started my, I wrote my first blog post in 2008. So I guess okay. 10 years ago. Oh, my stars. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, uh, my blog was called Finding My Feet. And it was, I started writing not long after our daughter, Evie, was stillborn. And um, oh, and it was gosh. just like, because we'd been sending out emails kind of to update our family. And it was becoming too tedious to know like who to include and who probably wanted to stop hearing all of my emails. So I just put it on a little blog post for our family, like a little blog. And it kind of went from there. Just, Mm. I mean, and it just kind of became, you know, a place to kind of process that whole um, loss for our family. And then, um, you know, from there, it was just like, Hey, I also like to garage sale. I also love interior design. I also love this. So yeah, I, my first foray into the, the blogosphere was on a little blog called finding my feet. And had you, did you have any other kids at the time? Yeah, we had our son, Oliver. And at the time he was about 18 months old. Yeah. Okay. So you're doing the toddler life. Doing the toddler life. And grieving. Sure. And grieving, which is the moment you realize that grief is a luxury. Mm. It is not, you don't get to stay in bed when you have an 18 month old. That Mm. was interesting for sure. Mm. So to have this space, maybe during nap time to write. Yep. Yep. And even though blogs, maybe they went in and out of popularity, I think they're kind of coming back for people as that therapy source. I think so. I think so. I think people will always write for therapy. Yeah. That's not new. And I don't think it's old. Um, and I think a blog is such a good way to um, invite other people into your story and to give other people a chance to say me too. Um, mm. And to say, um, you know, I think that probably before blogs became a popular way to, you know, to publish your writing. Um, I think a lot of people felt really alone. And so in that sense, blogs were such a gift. I mean, that was how I found out I wasn't the only person who had, um, lost a child in that way. Mm. Um, and so it was a quick way for me to find other moms, um, who had walked through, you know, maybe five years later or five years down the line or, you know, 10 years, or even, you know, I found one mom, um, Angie Smith, um, who our daughters mm. went to heaven on the exact same day and oh they're very goodness. next to each other. They, I mean, that was how we met. What? Wow. Okay. So you're processing, you're connecting with people and then you're discovering, oh, I really love writing and I have these interests. Um, Outside of that, you're a very talented interior designer and all of this jazz. And how did this get you into a Bible study community? Because I know I watch from afar, but I felt like I was watching like Twitter posts and maybe then Instagram posts. And is that how it happened? It's so interesting what led me to she reads truth because when I don't know God does and mm. um I mean he always does even when I think I know but um you know back in 2008 I was writing and I really I was pretty faithful on that blog to write a lot so I was practicing writing every day for 4 years before she reads truth started so you know imagine 1200 
posts, you know, that, yeah. I don't think that's actually true, but it felt like it. So I, was, <laughs> a lot. I was practicing a craft and that yeah. wasn't my goal, but that's what the Lord had me do. And he had me writing. And I kept finding that every time I wrote anything, you know, especially like as the years went on, I couldn't end a post without talking about Jesus, mm. whether I was talking about garage sailing or redesigning my daughter's room or whatever, or more often, you know, mom and parenting things, you know, just talking about raising kids. I just, the being a mom teaches you so much about the gospel. And so when you write about being a mom, you can't help but talk about Jesus, mm. it, at least for me. Yeah. And so, you know, that was one of the ways I think that God was uh, preparing me and even just like growing a craft in me that I didn't know that I should be preparing. Um, but you know, there are other little things in our lives, you know, along that same time, um, about six months before she reads truth started, a good friend of mine had a, like an organic baby skincare company. Um, and she, um, she was done. Like she was just, her toddlers were too much and she couldn't also run the company. So I bought it from her and <sighs> ran it for six months and grew it to like 10 times the size that it was and then sold it. So it was, I was only with that company for like six months, but it taught me so much about stewarding a company and how to like manage things, how to just kind of operational things. So that was like a funny, like, I thought that was just like a blip in my life, but mm. it ended up being, um, training ground, you yeah. know, yeah. and it's amazing when you're in training ground, but you don't know you are. Mm. Um, and then at that same time, or maybe a little bit before that, my husband started, um, um, he designed a deck of playing cards called Helvetica cards. And they're this really cool deck of playing cards based on the font Helvetica. And they unexpectedly sort of blew up overnight. And, you know, we're packing like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds <laughs> of orders to keep them fulfilled. And so I'm figuring out the logistics of how to uh, how to fulfill orders, wow. um, in a, in a, in a quick way and have cust good customer service. That wasn't a dream of mine, but it was a training, <laughs> it was a training ground. Right. And it's so funny to kind of, it was none of those things that I could have connected on at the time, but to kind of look back and go like, Oh, the Lord was preparing me for something. Mm. Um, and so that when the time came and the call came, uh, from the Lord, I, I, he had already prepared me in some ways, you know, and that yeah. neat. No, I just keep thinking of David first talking about your posts, you know, how David in the Psalms would always, this is what's hard. This was hard, but God, you know, he'd always yep, go back exactly. to God's faithfulness and then how God was training him and all those, that time out in the fields and, you know, may not seem glamorous, but it's for the, the things he had for him in the future to, to slaughter giants yeah. and all the other things that would be intimidating. If someone said, you're going to run this huge community and ship out orders, you'd been like, no, thanks. I have yeah, no yeah, idea what I, to do. That's yeah, too big. To begin. That's yeah. too big, but that mm -hmm. he would be faithful. And to, to, as a message to the mom listening, to not distrust whatever assignment he has you in right now that may seem small. I think social yeah. media messes us up. Um, everyone wants to be at the level of She Reads Truth or at the level of something else they see that in their mind is big and, or on yeah. the platform or be the big speaker. But to trust, like, it might be your living room. It might be a group of, um, you know, two-year-olds on a Sunday morning. Whatever it is that he's put in front of you, that that's just him expanding your boundaries so graciously. So That's kindly. So good, Heather. That's yeah. so good. So kindly. So you did this. You did the, the yeah, playing cards. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. And so timeline, I, didn't know about that. Like, I mean, 2012, four years after I wrote my first blog post, after we, you know, said goodbye to our daughter, um, 
you know, over that time, not only was he training me to write and to, you know, think, um, about organizational things and shipping things, you know, in all of that, he was increasing my love for scripture, Mm. Uh, you know, and especially in that season, because we had about three months between when our daughter was diagnosed and when she actually passed away and I was pregnant with her. Mm. And, And that was a season of just kind of, you know, the midwives saying, listen, you know, feel for kicks and wait and, you know, Mm. you know, count time, call us if you don't feel anything. And so every morning our job for three months was to wake up and wait to feel our daughter moving, Mm. um, which was just an experience that it it can't be described, Mm. um, every morning to wait for signs of life. Mm. And, um, and in that season, also raising a toddler, I think that, you know, there, there's no making plans. And there's nothing, I look pregnant and people at the grocery store ask me, you know, when am I due? What am I having? Have I got a nursery yet? And all of those questions are met with, you know, answers that aren't necessarily fun to answer. Yeah. And Um, you have to process, like, how much should I tell them right now? How do I say, can I ask you to carry a piece of this right now? I don't think I can, you know? Yeah. But in all of that, it was just nothing felt true. Nothing felt like um, it was what it seemed, you know, I looked pregnant, but I wasn't having a baby. Mm. Um, everything looked and seemed, there was just nothing that was sure for me because, you know, I, maybe I woke up this morning and she was wiggling around cute as ever, but I don't have any guarantee of tomorrow morning for Mm. that same movement. And so that really was the season, um, when I, I think it just occurred to me for the first time, the reality of not just saying it, but like living it, that only God's word is true. You know, that mm-hmm. the only thing that is permanent, um, was, was God and his word, because, you know, while I was also like, while I was keenly aware of, you know, my daughter's life hanging in the balance, it was also very true to me that my husband's life hung in the balance and my own and, mm-hmm. you know, our home and everything. Mm-hmm. I think I just be, you know, quickly became aware that there's really nothing guaranteed and nothing is permanent. Um, and so that's when I started really thinking through, okay, what is like, what can I count on? And it was really interesting to like search the scriptures for promises of, you know, that, that this daughter of ours would live, you know, would, uh, you know, outdo her diagnosis, but I didn't find that, but I found all sorts of promises that God would not leave me, that, that he would be with us in the fire and that, and that he loved her and knit her together just on purpose, you know? Mm-hmm. And so in all of that, that's when, you know, the Lord is like kind of just working in my heart for like, you love my word because that's how you know me, how you know my promises walk by this. And so that, you know, that's 2008 and you get to 2012 and the Lord has been training me in this training ground. And, um, and it's nothing that I could have planned or expected, but by, by June of that year, I was just on Twitter one day and I'm sure it's, it's a story that has been told a lot of times, but it's just a really sweet story of, um, using, you know, of technology serving the purposes of the kingdom in ways that are really for such a time as this, because, you know, I think Twitter now is so different than it was in 2012. Yeah. It yeah. was when you know, a trending hashtag meant something. And it was when you could really grow a community and have conversation and it would be loving. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so it was just a, you know, one morning I opened up my laptop, saw some girls talking about you wanting to be in the world more. And I, 
they're strangers. And I just said, yeah, I do too. I want to be in the work more too. If you guys are doing something about it, I'd love to do it with you. And so that's how she reads truth started. And, you know, within two weeks we were just like, Hey, let's, because so many women were, you know, seeing that conversation. It was really public and just going, well, we want to, we want to do it too. We want to do it too. And so we, you know, the first four girls of us sort of introduced ourselves to each other, um, on online or by email and just said like, okay, let's, let's have a small group to hold each other accountable, but why can't we, you know, invite anyone who wants to read the Bible with us? Mm-hmm. And so my friend Keisha, she wasn't my friend at the time. I didn't really know her, but, uh, my friend Keisha now, um, just said like, well, why don't we just give it a hashtag. How about something like hashtag she reads truth. Um, and, and that was where it started. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, see, it's simple. It's not, it's not complex. That's no. Oh, and there's no, I feel like, I feel like you want She Reads Truth as it is now to have been started by like four best friends in a coffee shop (laughs) screaming like, what can we do for the kingdom? Let's go big. But it was, nobody wanted to start anything. We just wanted to read the Bible. There was, it was genuinely like this pure, like, I just need, I need personally for me, I need more Jesus. And I have a two-year-old and a five-year-old at the time. And I'm just going like, I can't figure this out. I need some accountability. And, you know, more than anything, what I needed at the time was direction. I needed Mm -hmm. to know when I opened my Bible in the morning where to go. Mm -hmm. And I think, like, that's really why She Reads Truth started. And that's why it continues. Like, that's literally what it just continues to do. It It directs people. Yeah. yeah, We needed was direction. Mm -hmm. And and even now, like, you wake up today having never read She Reads Truth or really know nothing about the She Reads Truth community. But if you go and read your Bible and you're not sure where to turn, I guarantee you that there is a community of nearly a million women reading somewhere in scripture today, and it's going to have a primary passage, and then it's going to let scripture interpret scripture, and there's going to be a couple secondary passages. It's not a guaranteed, you can be done in five minutes, it's quick and efficient. It's a guaranteed, you're going to experience God in his word. Mm-hmm. And it's a promise of God's word is for you, and it's for right now. It's not something that has to, you have to, you know, have the best schedule for, or maybe, um, be better at interpreting scripture, be more learned, you know, Mm -hmm. it's, it's something that I think is for women to feel free to go. I actually could just read scripture today, not even a devotional, and I will meet with the Lord. I don't need somebody else to tell me what the scripture says. I'm going to be a student of the word. And so that's why even in our study books, we don't print the devotionals in there because we really stand tall on going like, what if you didn't read a devotional today? What if you just read scripture? Hmm. So many good things. And what you said, I think we live in a time where there's choice overload. Uh, you can just go to the cereal aisle in America, but we, in doing that become paralyzed and just don't do anything. And so I'm, exactly. I guarantee that there are so many women listening right now who have young kids and their time is limited or it's just fragmented. Um, and they want, they know that God's word would help. They, um, desire that, or maybe they've experienced a depth of inductive study prior yeah. to kids and they long for time in God's word, but it just doesn't look the same. And so they either just don't do anything or they don't know where to start, or there's so many choices. Do I do this or this or this study, or do I sign up for BSF or do I sign up for whatever it is? And 
the simplicity Which is the coolest. It's I mean, the there's coolest. so many cool and there's, ways to read the Bible. Yes, I love it. Yes, there are yeah. so many options. And I've had lots of shows on different, you know, color method and focus yeah. 15 with Katie or there's so many options. And I'd love to share resources with moms here. I just want you to pick one, like start with something. Yeah. And, yeah. um, what you said about, uh, I went to go to God's word to look for promises that my daughter would live, that this yeah. would be healed. And I found the truth that he's always with me. I think that's the key is um, the world you and I have talked about. We've recently walked through a hard thing with a friend of ours, a sudden yeah. death. And yeah. without that grounding, without that foundation of who God is, we get swept away by the circumstances, swept away by what's hard in our day with a screaming toddler or um, a scary pregnancy. And this grounding is so essential to not just go with what we're feeling or what we think the Bible says or what we hope the Bible says, but the truth of it. And so to have this source is so huge that you've put this together, that there is that accountability and, Mm -hmm. and just, just start like, this, I like someone to just tell me what to do. I like yeah. Legos with directions. I want yeah. you to just put it in front of me. And so yep. I don't have an option of like too many choices. So yeah. I think it's amazing that it started so simply that it wasn't this, um, overly mastermind plan <laughs> filtered and like cutesy coffee shop. easier had it been. Yeah. Right. You build it from scratch organically yeah. from a need. And, yeah. um, and that, that you're, what you're saying is so true that God's word is living and active and the Holy spirit is our guide and our counselor. And with the two combined, we can hear from God. We can be comforted with a single phrase in the Bible. It doesn't even have to be like books and books. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so interesting because we, so at Shiri's Truth, we read through, we do a couple of things. You know, we read through books of the Bible. We also occasionally do like a topical study, Mm -hmm. but not like, um, how to be a good mom. It's more like, um, what does scripture say about, um, giving thanks, you know? So it's more like, what does scripture say about hospitality? Um, and then we also do, you know, those seasonal plans like Advent, you know, Lent, those, you know, times where people really like to slow down and get into the scriptures. But one of the things that we do on purpose, um, really from the beginning is make those reading plans really short. Um, they're really like on average about two to four weeks long. And part of that is really very much by design to be invitational. So we we want anytime you hear about She Reads Truth or want to join us. I don't want you to come to us and go like, oh my word, they're two weeks into a 14 week study. Never so mind. You know, yeah, you're yeah. always just a couple of weeks from an on-ramp or just read with us that day. You know, it's no big deal. But the other thing that we do is we read all the books of the Bible. Um, it's not like, you know, when, when this podcast goes live, we're going to be smack in the middle of the book of Judges, which I have come to realize is possibly <laughs> the most horrifying book in the Bible. <laughs> it is the bloodiest it's book in the Bible. I, we're so studying upsetting. it at church right now. Yeah, it, oh, is, it is the so bloodiest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, what is mm-hmm. happening? Like, how could this be like, well, how can we print this? Um, and it's so interesting. I feel like when I talk about judges, I'm like serious truth marketing videos. I'm like, I am doing a terrible job of selling this. To people <laughs> because I'm like, it's awful. Uh, but the interesting thing is, you know, when people ask like, but why, why would we study the book of judges? Why would we not just go to our most encouraging verses, our most, um, you know, wonderful stories, you know, inspiring things. The answer, you know, there are a lot of answers, you know, the Bible is the whole story um, and it's God's word. So that's why, but you know, if you don't read judges, 
you miss out on some really critical plot points in yeah. the bigger story. Yeah. And you miss out on, you know, that, that very, very, very dark season in, in Israel's history. So you and, and it's in that. us, that cycle yeah. that we have, that we can be like, oh, no wonder it's hard for me because it's hard yeah. for humans. <laughs> like we I just, just keep going our way. How yeah. much I see myself in this book or yeah. in this judge or mm-hmm. in Israel. Mm-hmm. And so if you don't get those plot points, then you don't really get a full understanding of our need for the cross, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Or God's graciousness yeah. that they can keep yeah. coming back no matter how bad it's gotten yeah. and that there's consequences. I mean, you can't it's, skip chapters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think our, our series is called the depravity of evil, which just sounds like yeah. so like warm and fuzzy, right? Yeah. Ours no. is called um, the tragedy of forgetting God. Oh um, yeah. Which mm. like, I just feel like you're like, and I'm depressed, <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's so like, it's also really like, it'll wake you up. It'll go like, Oh, that is a tragedy. And here's why. And now we're going to read a story in which like in in that book, you know, that we printed for judges, it lists um, tragedies, a bunch of tragedies in literature, you know, like, um, you know, that like Romeo and Juliet, a lot of Shakespeare stuff. And then we list a lot of like tragedies in real life, like, you know, like the sinking of the Titanic or like the Holocaust, like these actual in real life tragedies. And then we list like tragedies in scripture and there's a whole list of them and acknowledging that all the tragedies in scripture are also in real life tragedies because they did really happen in real space and time. But it kind of gives people this context of, you know, oh, I need to, I need to read judges as a tragedy. Otherwise I'm going to be expecting something that I'm not going to get out of it. I need to know in context right now that this isn't going to end well. Mm, And I need to keep reading to find out how it does end. I need to get on to, you know, the book of Ruth, which redeems the goodness out of it. I mean, it's amazing how like in Joshua, like the end of Joshua, you know, God saying like, Hey, I'm warning you, you're going into a new land. Don't become like the people around you. And then, you know, in judges, they become just like the people around them. Mm -hmm. And then in Ruth, one of the people around them decides to choose God. Ruth says, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I'm Moabite, but I'm going to choose the God of Israel. And so it just kind of redeems so much of the book of judges. And then she's in the lineage she's written in. Yep. Jesus is part of her story. He's so good. And we miss the goodness if, if we do, you know, cherry pick the feel good verses or the feel good books. And, uh, I think it's so wise. I think the other thing y'all do really well, and people don't have to buy the hardback books or the, sorry, not the hardback books, the actual printed books. They can follow along online without purchasing anything. Yeah. One of our like rules for each other in the, from the very beginning was I never want money to keep anyone from ever joining our community. Like I never want to like have this haves and have nots. And so for us, our content costs quite a bit to, you know, pay writers and editors and all that to put content daily on a She Reads Truth site and a He Reads Truth site. It's free. You just come and read with us. And then, you know, we have the app and that costs more to maintain. So it's like a little bit of a a charge, but yeah, it's free to join us. There's different options. And then the books and you don't need the books at all, but you don't need them. You don't need it. Yeah. But they're beautiful. The funniest thing I feel like, you know, it's the funniest thing to hear somebody say like, we work painstakingly to create these books, but you don't need them. (laughs) They're just such a nice analog in such a digital world. It's such a nice analog, you know, beautiful, a thing to, to write with your pen and, you know, and, and then have that on the shelf and have those prayers recorded. It's a nice thing, but you don't need it. Yeah. They're, and they're really, really beautiful. Like I said, they're really well designed. And I just purchased one, like I told you, um, for a friend who lost her 14 year old, the morning and dancing, a time for everything. 
morning and dancing. It's it ba- it's amazing in that it teaches you how to write a lament, which I've never in all of the years since I was in kindergarten been taught how to do. I knew there were laments, but it was a beautiful resource. A gift. I think it I think it picks apart. I want to say Psalm 71 and I'm going to be wrong. One of the 70s. Um, but it takes Psalm 71, which I think uh, is a lament. And it looks at that framework. And it's mm-hmm. so interesting to see the way David prayed and wrote this lament to God. And then just to like learn that framework and practice it several days in a row of just going like, okay, and this is like the biblical way to like call out to God, like from our lowest, and then like to remind ourselves of who he is and the truth. It's a very healthy exercise, especially if you're grieving. And I just looked back at what I'd written when I was going through a hard time and how God was faithful to answer those prayers, even in the last couple of weeks. It's, yeah. it's an, like you said, a way to keep those prayers so that you can go back and look at God's faithfulness or my kids or my grandkids, yeah. that they can find mm-hmm. those and see um, that this was important to their mom, grandma, and to carry that on to generations is really, really valuable. And I'm going to interrupt myself and bring you some exciting news. The Don't Mom Alone live event tickets are now on sale. You can find them over at godcenteredmom.com forward slash live. Y'all were so sweet to come out last year. Unfortunately, we didn't have enough seats and we sold out and some of you didn't get to come. So this year we're changing things up. We're going to have more seats and more dates. You can find those details over on the site, but I'll let you know it's Friday, September 28th in the evening or Saturday, September 29th in the afternoon. Our special guests are Jim and Lynn Jackson. So the other reason we're making it a two-date event is that they are flying all the way in and we want to maximize their time. So they will be on stage with Bruce and I. They're going to help us talk through all of their framework from Connected Families and staying connected to kids while we discipline. Two different conversations will be had Friday to Saturday. I want to see you there. Since there will be more of you, though, I really loved last year getting to meet you and hear your story. So I am offering a meet and greet ticket option before the event gets going. You get preferred seating. You get to come in early. And we even have a special gift that Cultivate What Matters is going to give y'all. Check out those tickets over at godcenteredmom.com forward slash live. Bring your people, your podcast club, your hubby, your mentor, your your mom, whoever you want to bring. You can also come by yourself and we're going to connect you to community. That's what we're about. We are ambassadors against loneliness. So come meet some new friends. We'd love to see you there. Again, go get tickets over at godcenteredmom.com forward slash live. All right, let's get back to my conversation with Rachel. Here we go. Speaking of generations, y'all have something new that you do you've never do. done before never yeah. done a hardback kids book okay no, very exciting this is like an actual children's book I, the, I feel like everything about she reads truth is like getting to do these like bucket list items that I never <laughs> knew I always wanted to do yeah yeah <laughs> yeah so yeah, tell so us about we, it we have um, a reading plan coming up it doesn't actually start until oh when does it start August 27th, I want to say. Yeah. Oh, I'm right. August 27th. So we have this plan that is just really foundational for us. We've run it before, but we've rewritten it. And it's called This is the Gospel. And it's just two weeks. um, And it just walks through all the scriptures. It's just this like beautiful, like almost you could read it in a day if you really just wanted to like sit down. Or you can take two weeks to just like walk through what does scripture say? How does scripture tell the story of the gospel. And so we did that for She Reads Truth and He Reads Truth, and we're really excited about it. 
But we decided um, that for, you know, we, we always consider, should we do a kid's product for this reading plan? And like the more we thought about it, we were like, I think this needs to be a children's book. Mm. I think it needs to be um, told in a story format. So we really, like we sat down, we brought in all of our favorite children's books from home, like all of like, and then we went to Target and bought a bunch of like cool new ones. They're always so like creative. And we just took like, and really like studied the elements of, because it takes some study. You can't just jump right into writing a a children's (laughs) book. Like I don't have skill. So we studied and we learned how to write a children's book. Um, But the thing, the thing that we wanted to do was for sure for this book to have that like distinct she reads truth style. Um, and so we wanted to tell the story as simply as we could, but we also wanted it to be really faithful. And so that's why we've created a story and scripture book. And so like, it's a children's book. I don't know how many pages it is. Somebody would from the office would be able to tell me, I don't know, but it's this beautiful, beautifully illustrated story of the gospel but on literally every page there is a scripture proof or just like the scripture at the bottom that underscores and like and proves um that what we're saying is from god's word and mm-hmm. so there's no like and now i imagine that the <laughs> lamb knelt down in the manger like there's no anything like that and i mean i love imagining all of those things but um it was really like a cool challenge to like write this biblically faithful but simple enough to understand for a kid children's book um and to make it pretty and to like keep, we just kept running, you know, things up against our kids and being like, does this make sense to you? Like mm-hmm. what do you, or, you know, do you like the hedgehog in the creation scene? Like all sorts of things. <laughs> um, it was really fun and it was a really good challenge. And I'm so pleased with how it turned out. It's the type of children's book that you like, you'll read to your kid at nighttime and then like kiss them goodnight and walk out of the room thinking like, oh, that was for me tonight. Like I needed to hear that story. And how it differs as people are looking at different resources and options for their kids. It's different from like a storybook Bible or some kind of Bible and that it's something you would read in one night, the whole thing. It's a one sitting story. Mm -hmm. Yep, for sure. Mm -hmm. And you could go through the scriptures or the scriptures spelled out there. They just listed as a scripture. Yeah. So you can, you can really kind of do it three different ways. Um, like you can read just the story, which is like, you know, the main size of the pages, you can go straight through there and you can get the story, or you can, um, read the story with the scriptures at the bottom of each day. They're really like beautifully typeset. It's not like a footnote style. So like, Mm. like you can like read the, the, you know, here's how creation started. And then here's a little bit of what scripture says about, about that. Or you can read just the scriptures and you can get that story of the gospel. The, one of the cool things that we did, um, we love post-it notes at our office. So we had these like <laughs> jumbo post-it notes where we're like, you know, page spreads are like all written out. We had them like in the conference room spread across tables and we got to go through um, and just like, as we kind of looked at our final manuscript going like, what are the big picture theological ideas mm. that we're teaching in this book? You know, like um, we're teaching repentance, we're teaching um, substitution, justification, like all these things that are just like broad evangelical, but high level theological concepts, but you don't even notice, like you're just like, it's so, it's so simply presented that even a kid could understand. Um, and it's just really like broadly biblically faithful because you know she reads truth we're not denominational or anything like that we're just we champion the word of god so we just say what the bible says and what ages do you think would be perfect for this i think you could read it to your three-year-old um 
And then, you know, because obviously not every three-year-old can read. Um, <laughs> but I think that that's a story you could tell to your three-year-old. Okay. And, and then you have to be close to your three-year-old. Like you have to like know your child and yeah. know, you know, can they handle Jesus dying? Can they handle somebody dying for them? Is that a concept that they're even familiar with? So I would say like maybe three to five is the low end. Um, I read it to my 11-year-old and he loved it. And so I would say probably up to about 10, 11. Um, that's what the the art is kind of geared towards that age group, which is kind of broad for kids. Um, but it also just depends on the kid. And then again, like I said, like when I read it to my kids, I cried. So <laughs> love that. OK, so something that's been in conversation with my friends recently, um, you mentioned your son's 11 and my oldest is about to turn 13 and all the way down to six. But I see a pattern with my kids where there's lots of interest in the stories and talking about Jesus and there's this passion and yes, I want to follow him and this prayer and, um, and baptism. And then, yeah. Oh, my stars. Uh, just kind of like a complacency. Yeah. I don't really care. Um, whatever is that, you know, sometimes even, is that even true? Mm -hmm. Which I think is all developmentally normal, but some of my friends were like, is my kid okay? They don't want to go to church anymore. They don't care about reading the Bible. Have I done too much when they were young? It's that now they know too much and it's too familiar. So have you seen, I know you and Amanda are kind of in that age range too. And so it's hard because you can't like say from, yes, they went through that, but now they are, (laughs) but just to make the mom feel less alone. I think all of those are, I can relate to so much of this. And it's honestly like I've, I've recently gotten the question from my 11 year old and from my eight year old. Like, how do we know? Yeah. How do we know it's true? Like, what are we like staking our lives on here? And like for me to like go, you know, and I come from a well-educated in scripture perspective. I don't have any degrees in it, but I've been you know, doing it for six years here. Um, and I and I just kind of had to look at each of them and go. Here's what we know. We know that the Bible is historical and provable. And we know that, um, so we know that this is something that happened in real space and real times. We understand the story. And I said, and then we have faith. And we, and we have to ask for the gift of faith from the Holy Spirit. Um, but we, we are guaranteed, um, you know, Jesus says, blessed are those who believe and haven't seen, you know? And so I just had to tell them, honestly, kids, I, I believe this partly because I know it's true, partly because I've seen evidence of it in my own life. Mm-hmm. And then and, and then I have faith. And I think the cool thing that you have to remember, and we're reading the book of Hebrews right now um, in the office, which is such a good broad reminder of this. You know, a lot of times we base um, our belief in something or someone on our own experiences. So, you know, I think Christianity is a huge example of this, like, and really the the main example of this, you know, I base my understanding of God on my experience with him, which is a mistake because God, you know, stretches back. Like his story is so far back before I ever existed that for me to understand him based on, you know, the 36 years that I've experienced him, he, he's so much bigger than that. And so one of the important reasons that we read the Bible is to understand the, the, the broader story of who God is and how I fit into that, not how he fits into me. Mm-hmm. And so when I explain that to my kids, I'm explaining that, listen, we understand 
when we believe who God is based on the evidence of his hand in my own life, but I also believe who God is based on evidence through history, through antiquity of his faithfulness. And that's probably good as I think that 10, 11 age, there's a, an awareness, there's a yeah. insecurity that starts socially um, in friendships and uh, an awkwardness. I know one of my boys turned more inward, more depressive. The other one turned more antagonistic and like attacking. And, yeah. uh, and if they're looking at God in this faith thing through this lens, yeah. um, you could see where it can get kind of mixed up if it's based on a perspective of a 10 year old and how God fits into their world. Um, but I want to encourage the mom. I want to encourage her that it doesn't negate that those seeds planted when they were little or the information, the stories that was a mistake. Cause I think yeah, that's no, a no, lie. No. The enemy will come in and oh, yeah. say, you shouldn't have introduced all of this so early. Now they don't care. Like, I think I've heard that. No, that's that's exactly that. the enemy. Mm-hmm, I mean, the mm-hmm. scripture says to teach it to your children and to and to talk about it in your homes. And so, you know, if you're getting this sense of like, oh, I shouldn't have talked about the Bible so much as as my kids were little. That's not true. That's a lie. Mm-hmm. That's a lie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's and and there is and I what I what I hear like maybe the truth in that is going. They see Christianity. They see. God, um, as belonging to my parents, you know, Mm. you know, because this is, we go to church because we go to church, you know, we, you know, we read the Bible because mom and dad read the Bible. You, you do this because of what we believe. So they see, you know, faith imprinted on them because it belongs to their parents. And so like, that's where, like, I could see like, okay, I understand that that's your concern or that's where you, you know, want to be hesitant. But part of that is, really being in tune to the Holy Spirit going like at what what disciplinary moments, for example, do we, you know, handle this, you know, one way or, and then other times do we sit down and go like, let's, let's open the Bible together. Let's look at what Jesus says about this. And let's ask ourselves if that matters to us, you know, and, and just kind of walking through how to incorporate the truths of scripture and what it teaches about Christian living into our heart training. Um, and then also going like, I need, I, I'll wait because I trust the Lord to grip your heart in the same way that he gripped mine in his time. Yeah. And so it's a lot of it is stepping back and trusting the Holy Spirit and having the discernment to know when to, you know, to for when is the time for biblical instruction, um, which I think we lack in a lot of our homes, like taking and I think even having that confidence to have that biblical instruction yeah. because we're not familiar with scripture. We're not biblically literate. Yeah. Um but then also going like, I right now sense that I need to not push this. Yeah. I need to trust that the Holy Spirit wants Oliver to love the Lord even more than I do. And, and that he's in, that, that, that God is in control of that relationship. I cannot puppeteer that relationship. Yeah, that's really good. Because I know for me, I go into fatalistic mode. Like if they don't want to read the Bible, yeah. it is over their lives yeah. are over. <laughs> yeah. So then I want to well, make them. And then what's that? Yeah. That's very yeah. not okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I do think there is a coming around. I've even seen it in my one who's almost 13 where there is a coming around to more choosing it for himself, seeing the value of it. 
Yeah. I'm even noticing, um, because he, there's a friendship thing that happens that shifts as they go into teen years and our kids can become the counselors and the grounding points of truth where they're bringing the truth that you've been putting into them to their friend groups who are, I mean, I think it was, we bombed somebody and they were all texting each other, but my son doesn't have a phone. So it was on my text. Yeah. And so I'm seeing them all try to sort out what's going on in the world and him be able to come in and say what's true about God and maybe share a scripture where they would just go into fear mode and yeah. uh, all kinds of other things being said. Um, I, I just, I, it hit me in a new way that we're training up our kids to be lights in this world. Even if the, they go to a Christian school or they're in church. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like you said, there's not always the biblical training and, uh, to go back to our own training through yeah. She Reads Truth to make sure that <laughs> we're in the words so that we are ready with whatever yeah. the Holy Spirit wants to pull up in our hearts yeah. for that day. And Heather, I think it's, I think it is more what we do than what we say yeah. so much True. of the time in so True. many areas of life. But like, I just, I ask myself often, like to have, have my kids seen me with my Bible on my lap open in front of me, you yeah. know, recently yeah. have they, when it's time to, you know, get up on Sunday morning, do they hear me, you know, saying aside to their dad, can we stay home today? You know, do they hear me enthusiastic about meeting with, you know, with the family of God in the Lord's house, or do they hear me kind of dreading it? Mm-hmm. Because they're going to pick up on that, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so it, it's so much about them seeing my posture toward the Lord um, and the way I handle things and seeing even my life in a way that I respond to them. You know, if I'm going like, here are the biblical principles, here's Christian living instruction, <laughs> but I'm mean to you this morning. You mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. I think that that's the quickest way to to discredit whatever you're trying to teach your kids if you're not living a consecrated life. Yeah. No, that has been me many a time. I'll like, oh, yeah. they'll We're see me busy. literally sitting yeah. at the Bible <laughs> within yeah. like 30 minutes flipping out about the messiness of the living room. And I'm yep. thinking, well, that's neat. That's, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> that's really, really way this to go. Is, today and, we're going to have a lesson on grace. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then to have this, hey, can I have a do-over? Can I try that again? Um, Which is so important. Yeah. Like you're repenting in front of your kids. Yes. Like never stop repenting in front of your kids yes. and to them. Like yes. show, model repentance. I had, I had that opportunity yesterday after being so sad. <laughs> and then. Yeah, yeah, and then flipping yeah. out over something and being able to say, yeah, I was wrong, completely wrong, 100% wrong. Will you please yeah. forgive me? Yeah. Uh, that's, it is a big deal. It does matter. Oh, Rachel, okay, so I feel like you shared your story at the beginning yeah. with why you started blogging, and then you kind of mentioned that you have a second child, but yeah. tell us oh, yeah. real quick before we stop so that the person listening is like, wait a second. Are there more? Yeah, yeah. yes, yes. Uh, so, yeah, our story... Um, it, it is a very interesting story. We've, we've, um, been, we've been pregnant eight times. Oh my um, goodness, Rachel. And so we've lost a lot and we've really, um, again, I mean, I think the Lord has been just so kind to us in just drawing us closer to each other in that and closer to him in that. Um, it's been a way that I found that the Lord has pursued me, um, which is a really strange way to look at loss and something that you can't quite see in that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we had a lot of losses 
after our daughter Evie passed away. And then we did have our daughter Hazel. Um, and so she's eight. Uh, she's going into third grade in two weeks, which I can't believe. Um, but it was actually interesting. I wrote about this in, um, in the book that Amanda and I wrote. Um, it's called She Reads Truth. <laughs> um, but we talk in that book so much about like, you know, the subtitle is holding tight to permanent in a world that's passing away. So I, ta- mm. I tell the story of losing Evie. And I tell the story of getting Hazel. And in that, I think it's chapter six, I talk about how bringing a baby home from the hospital after giving birth, which we didn't get to do the last time, um, was not what made God faithful. It wasn't what made him kind. It wasn't what made everything right. Um, it, he had always been faithful. He had always been kind. And, and so it was just really important to say that, 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 that getting that rainbow baby, so to speak, wasn't the thing that, you know, made it all better. In fact, there was so much anxiety through that pregnancy. There was so much anxiety bringing her home. You know, there were different challenges. Um, but yeah, he did give us, um, a just incredible kiddo in Hazel. Mm -hmm. I mean, she is, she's just a little unicorn. Love that. (laughs) Yeah. Love that. And Amanda, I'm going to need to have her on and tell her whole story with yes. Toby and this oh, new goodness. adventure she's on. She's on maternity yes. leave. She's your partner. Is that yeah. the deal? Okay. Yeah. yeah. So Amanda was one of the she's that said me too. And the um, four and the original in, four. No, okay. she was not. No, oh. she wasn't. She was one of the people who was like, oh, I'd love to do that too. I'd love to read along. And so she didn't. And so she didn't really formally join She Reads Truth until about 2013. Okay. Um, just as the original four, you know, by by about fall of 2013, you know, the other girls who none of us had set up to do anything like this, you know, so of course it wouldn't have fallen in line with, you know, the plans that they had. Um, you know, so as those girls, you know, moved on to different things, Jess Connolly, um, was the last standing original four with me. Um, but at the time she was planting a church with her husband and she was, you know, running the influence conference and other online ministries. And so she, when she was just like, I can't do it all which is such an important thing to say and was such a faithful, hard decision to make. Um, and I was kind of the cheese stands alone. Amanda stepped up and joined me. And so that's really Amanda's story in this, which you can pick up when she joins you. Yes. And and what I was referring to with Toby is she recently adopted from China and yes. is on maternity leave right now. And um, yeah. just experiencing all that that involves and the joys and the hardships and all the things. So quite a story. We're going to have to have her on because I'm sure moms who are interested in something similar will want to know. Want to know. Well, thank you, Rachel, for your time. I will put show links, uh, show links. I will put links in the show notes for a lot that we talked about and uh, such great resources that y'all are faithfully working on. You, um, it's not wasted. It is not wasted. Same, same to you, friend. Oh, what a treasure. Well, thank you for being on and following God. And I will talk to you soon. All right. All right. Bye. I hope that inspired y'all to think about how are you going to get into God's word this year and for you to check out. She reads truth. He reads truth. Kids read truth. They just sent me the three versions of this is the gospel. And I saw that online they're going to start that reading program. It's only a two week program. It starts August 27th. So put it on your calendar and I think we should do it together. Let me know. Uh, Tag me if you're doing it. And let's get in God's word. Let's be reminded of the truth so we can be anchored when life happens. Because I'll tell you what, things can happen and make us believe lies about who God is. Um, 
we can start thinking that he isn't good if bad things happen to us. And if you haven't had a chance um, to watch the Evans family discuss the loss of winter, um, I would I just recommend you go over there. It's chock full of good theology and raw grief. And um, even though it was hard for me to have my friends up there talking about their loss so soon, I think that it is a powerful um, gift to the church and talking about the emotions around loss and what we really believe about God um, in the midst of them. So go and check that out. I'll put that link in the show notes along with all the things that Rachel and I talked about as always. And just so you know, maybe you're thinking, hey, Heather, I thought you said your new site was going to go up and I'm looking and I'm looking. We have decided that with the live event, it would be best to launch the new site with the live event. So if you get to come to that live event, you will be part of that launch party, getting everything transferred over to Don't Mom Alone. So um, that is that is why, and uh, I'm excited about it. I feel like it's the right decision, and I want you all to be a part of it. So again, if you want those live tickets, go to GodCenterMom.com forward slash live and come back next week. You'll hear from Paul David Tripp. Y'all loved when he came on the show last year. I think you are going to love it again. It changed my parenting that afternoon. After interviewing him, things were different. There was a before and an after. And even though we want specific answers to our questions with parenting, I feel like his perspective just shifted my heart a little bit and how I approached my boys. So ah, come back and listen to Paul David Tripp on the God Center Mom podcast next week. All right. Y'all have a great week. Adios. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the God-Centered Mom podcast. If you're looking for more resources on how to replace me with he, go to GodCenteredMom.com. That's where you'll also find show notes with any links mentioned by our guest. I want you to really understand and know that God is just as present while you are washing dishes at your kitchen sink as while you are worshiping him in a church pew. He sees your service to your family and he is pleased. As it says in Zephaniah 3.17, the Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love and he will rejoice over you with singing. Have a great day.